if there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. What's up, folks? We have a mega show for you this week. I'm covering six stories I haven't got to cover recently, and it should be a fun time. The first one is New Mexico's governor believes she has the emergency power to suspend parts of the Constitution. Well, um, we're going to see. I mean, look, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think I had the right. I have the but right. Where is the right? Where is the In right? In the state of New Mexico. And she's being challenged by CNN, David Hogg, Ted Lieu, because apparently even she going too far for a lot of Democrats. We're going to cover that story in full and then go to this clip I found of Chuck Norris on why he's conservative and why Democrats went too far. Question for you, good yeah. Why are you a conservative, yeah. sir? Well, I used to be a Democrat, but unfortunately the Democrats went too far to the left and the, and, uh, and the Republicans moved into their position that the Democrats were 40 years ago. The third is in a deposition apparently Mike Lindell freaked out about a suggestion that some some customers think his pillows are lumpy? Uh, no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on, okay? That when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole Mike, is what you are. Mike, no, sorry. he's an asshole. It's pretty funny. Then we'll take a Kamala Harris break to ask, what is she wearing? It appears that there was a left-wing insurrection in Kevin McCarthy's office. I highly doubt these people will get 22 years in prison for going into an office that they weren't invited into. Apple claims in a bizarre new climate change ad that their aim is to permanently remove carbon from the atmosphere. Our aim is to permanently remove carbon from the atmosphere. Considering plants need that to survive seems a little genocidal, but I'm sure they'll have some interesting spin for it. And then I'm gonna talk about my recent UFC interviews and my Candace Owens interview, because I've noticed a few people had some questions about that. God bless you guys. Mega show starts now, 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 now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. What's going on, everybody? Today, we have a mega show. I have six stories I want to get through, and then I'll read some comments and chat with you guys at the end. But I got to focus because the stories are the New Mexico governor trying to suspend parts of the Constitution. It's been very controversial. Chuck Norris on why he considers himself a conservative. Mike Lindell freaks out about lumpy pillows. Kamala Harris, I just want to laugh at it for 10 seconds as a you know humorous break a left-wing insurrection that I'm still literally shaking about. Some sort of HIV activist stormed Kevin McCarthy's office. It's a terrible day for democracy. And then Apple says they want to basically eliminate carbon in a bizarre ad. So those are the stories. I hope you stay tuned. First, let's look at the video that really set off the controversy. Apparently, there's a lot of killings in New Mexico like there is all over the country right now. And, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to fear monger over it. I'm just saying there's some sort of increase that she thinks that suspending the Constitution, uh, the Second Amendment, is important. And uh, she is trying to temporarily suspend concealed and open carry in New Mexico. Here's the video I saw that launched it all. Let's look. Yeah. You took but your point is valid. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carry license? With one exception. And that is... If there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, 
in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency, this 11-year-old and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. Because what about their constitutional rights? I took an oath to uphold those two. And if we ignore this growing problem without being bold, I've said to every other New Mexican, your rights are subrogated to theirs. And they are not, in my view. Uh, wait a minute, okay. you're talking about crimes. There are already laws against the crimes, so how are their rights? I got it. But, but again, if I'm unsafe, who's standing up for that right? If this climate is so out of control, somebody should do something. I'm doing as much as I know to do. Madam Governor, yep. do you really think that criminals are going to hear this message and not carry a gun in Albuquerque on the streets? So she thinks that she can stop crime and violence because criminals are going to listen to her open and concealed carry policy. I know the police are not enforcing it. I watched a CNN interview. I would play more clips of it, but they'd probably give me a copyright strike. It's hard nowadays. There's like AI kind of just scanning every video and they don't care if you have the right with a uh, fair use or not, but whatever. Um, you know, I watched the CNN interview or at least parts of it. And even CNN was pushing back against her. And they were like, what if the police don't enforce it? And she's like, you know, I'm not doing anything about it now, but I, but I might. And I, I you know, I wouldn't do this if I didn't think I could. And, you know, she kind of has a vibe. Like if, if you gave like a squirrel a nut, but like the nut was laced with some sort of drug, like she kind of looks like an angry squirrel. That's just my opinion. Um, you know, and, and it's just very bizarre that she's gone so far that even CNN is trying to distance themselves or at least be semi-journalistic or pretend to be. David Hogg is saying that it's unconstitutional. Ted Lieu from California, the Democrat, is saying that it's unconstitutional. And bizarrely enough, I think Michael Knowles is trying to make the conversation that it is somehow. She does have the power to do it. I don't know. It's just like bizarro world out here. And uh, obviously, I, I don't think that suspending the Constitution or infringing upon it with her emergency powers, I don't think it's going to stop crime and violence. And we talk about it here a lot on this show. I think that Democrats fundamentally just don't understand what's going on and their solution to it is always completely backwards. I understand that a gun in the hands of a criminal is bad and I get where people are coming from with you know open and concealed carry, but... I firmly believe it's not the gun doing the crime and it's the type of people you have and criminals don't follow the law. You could listen to people in England like uh, Tyson Fury I follow. He's a great boxer, per perhaps one of the best. And, um, you know, he complains about the same stuff in England, except you just copy paste gun with knife and they're having the same problems. He's like, stop knife violence. We need to stop knife violence. Take the knives off the streets. You know, nobody should be carrying a knife around. So the same thing's happening in England because they don't have guns and it's now knife problem, but it's not the knife. I mean, anybody can get access to a knife. You know, knives are available at almost every store to cut, um, you know, meat and vegetables with. And this idea that that's going to curb violence, like people just don't understand it. It's the quality of people. It's the mental health. And clearly uh, England is having more maybe knife crime. I don't necessarily think it's because knives are running rampant. I think it's the type of people 
that are in the country are not, you know, cohesive with following certain parts of the law. So, yeah, I could talk about this all day, but I have a lot of stories to get through. I disagree that I, I don't think that suspending the Second Amendment is going to stop violence. I don't think criminals follow the law when it comes to legal and illegal guns. I've spoken when I used to go and live in Los Angeles and go to protests. I've had conversations with police officers just asking certain questions like, you know, the ones that stand there during a protest. And I was like, you know, when it comes to gun violence, are a lot of the crimes done with legal or illegal guns? And they say often it's illegal guns. So they're not even registered. The criminals are not following the gun registry law. And that's what crime is, people that don't follow the law. So, you know, I, I just think Democrats and Republicans are at an odds with how to solve crime. And I'm not saying either party can completely do it. But this Democrat policy, like, you know, it's like lockdown, force masks, get your five vaccines. You know, climate change is going to destroy you unless we spend billions of dollars on this stuff. And if we suspend open and concealed carry that, it's going to stop crime. I don't think these people understand how crime and violent crime works. And, you know, I could name a bunch of reasons for, I think, the increase in crime recently. But I think lack of uh, community, lack of family, just the amount of people that we're allowing into the country without really fully vetting them. We don't care about content of character and quality anymore. And it's just like there's a thousand things I could point to with our society that's a total mess. So I don't want to waste too much of your time. I want to get to more stories. But I completely disagree with the uh, governor of New Mexico. It's interesting to see so many Democrats side with me on this one and say that she's gone too far. And that's going to be a theme that you're going to see from Gavin Newsom, CNN, even apparently David Hogg, where they know that a lot of their party is just going too far and it's not going to be popular into the future. So they're starting to leverage themselves as like reasonable and moderate because, you know, the further left some of these dingbats like the governor of New Mexico go, you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be super popular moving forward. I think with COVID, Gavin Newsom in New York, they lost, according to some reports, up to a trillion dollars, you know, to states like Florida. So money talks at the end of the day, and there's only so many emergencies they can declare to get more money. Uh, I know they like to do that. And I, I think that, you know, when push comes to shove, they're going to have to come back towards the center because it's not working out. With that being said, I want to listen to Chuck Norris. I found this video. I just want to give credit like I always try to. Open Word News apparently has the thing at the end of this. So I'm not sure if Open Word News is the one who got this interview or Wojek Powellsik. He calls himself like the wingman of Jack Posebic. I just found this video on his Twitter and it had that tag at the end. So I want to give credit. But Chuck Norris, someone got this interview and he's talking about how the left has gone too far left. It's very interesting. Chuck Norris is a fighting uh, movie and I would say internet legend. And I'm not even sure how old this interview is, but it caught my attention and I want to listen to it. So here's Chuck Norris saying why he's a conservative. Question for you, good yeah. sir. Why are you a conservative, yeah. sir? Well, I used to be a Democrat, but unfortunately the Democrats went too far to the left and the, and, uh, and the Republicans moved into their position that the Democrats were 40 years ago. See? And so the, what the Democrats believed 40 years ago, the Republicans believe today. And so I realized that I had to go to a Republican because the Democrats just got too far up off the off the trail. They just got completely off the trail and lost all reality of what America stood for. And so I realized that Republicans at this point in time are more focused on what is best for America than uh, what the Democrats.
Actually, our pastor agrees with you. He says that he's technically a classical liberal, uh, but which basically means he's uh, what is today a conservative. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, uh, President Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy today would be a Republican. He would be a Republican. Mm -hmm. yes, he would. See, because then, uh, then you know, uh, Democrats were more what the Republicans were today. And unfortunately, they lost their way. They lost their way, and so now we're Republicans. <laughs> well, they, I, I, if it makes you feel better, I found my way. I lost it in 2008, and I voted for Obama. So oh, don't feel, you don't feel too bad. Oh, I, yeah, I have to yeah. tell them the truth, you know. But I found I found my way through the era of. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, if Obama lost. would have fulfilled his promises. Yeah. Then he would have become the one of the best presidents we ever had. But I was afraid when he was saying all this that it was not going to happen, and that was what. I was a fearful of is, is the him saying that you know he's going to keep everything transparent, where the C-SPAN would see all the bills and everything that was needed to be done. He not he did not feel one not one promise, thing. and so you know it's sad. But it's going to be young people like you, yeah, that keep our America. Great. Yeah, it's people like you that's going to really change this around for us in this country. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Lawrence, for for coming out here and supporting him and supporting oh, you. So I don't know what that was. I guess maybe they interviewed him after church or something. I don't even know how recent that was, to be honest. It could be older. It could be new. I just saw it, so I'm hoping it's new based on its relevancy. But, you know, interesting stuff. I think Chuck Norris feels like a lot of people, especially over the age of 40 and 50, where the left has gone so far that the Republicans, in their perception, are, are almost like liberal, like the old liberals. And now the left is this new breed of like, if you don't think that biologically born men should play sports, you're a bigot, anti-Semitic, racist. I don't know. Like, I don't even know what they're going with now. Like Elon Musk hates people because he doesn't want to censor. And it's just getting really weird uh, out here. So, you know, Chuck Norris feels like a lot of people. I would say a few things. First of all, I know that people over the age of 40, 50, 60, the world that they live in is not the world they grew up in. So even a lot of moderates are starting to feel like it's going too far. But the youth is just different. They've been raised on TikTok and non-binary pronouns. And, you know, I, I don't know that they share the same sentiment I have necessarily, because when you're born in a certain world, your reality is just what you were raised on. So I, I do feel like to us, it's like, whoa, this is crazy. I remember when cell phones didn't exist and we used to play outside on the playground. To, to these kids, like they never lived that life. They got locked in their house for two years. They got forced masks and vaccinated whether they wanted to get it or not to play sports. And, you know, they already have social issues, in my view, because of cell phones and technology. So communication for all people, not just young people, is at maybe an all-time low because our faces are in the cell phones, but at least some of us that are older remember what it was like to not have that, and they don't even know what it's like to not have that because they probably had a tablet and an iPad in their face when they were two years old doing FaceTime calls. So, you know, I do feel like the youth is is where there's that disconnect of they don't, they don't feel, they don't remember like the JFK days of when Democrats were moderate. They they think moderate is putting a pronoun in their bio just to not offend people. They don't like it, but they don't want to be mean. So, you know, I don't know why I even got on that tangent, but I'm not mad at it. Uh, Chuck Norris, legend, iconic, seems like a super chill, nice guy. He doesn't he doesn't even seem that like Republican or conservative in the sense of like, at least based off of what he said. He's like, listen, I, I'm like a classical liberal and uh, these people have gone too far. I just can't identify with it. And I feel like the right is the old left and the new left is something new. 
Chuck Norris feels like a lot of people. Obviously, there's a lot of very conservative people, people that uh, have always felt that way, people that have grown to feel that way. And then there's displaced people that just don't understand what the new Democratic Party is doing, similar to, to Chuck. And I'm not sure what he really feels like, because when you do a two minute interview, it's hard to really tell where you're coming from, et cetera. But seems like a super, super nice guy. Very interesting interview. And I'm sure he's not alone. I'm glad that whenever that was taken, he's brave enough to just say basically how he feels, because even though what he said was super chill and super you know, thoughtful, a thoughtful, chill statement can be considered controversial and ruin your career when you work with a bunch of psychopaths who want to shove a PCR test halfway up your nose into your skull every day in order to check into a, a movie set. So, you know, it's not so easy for a lot of people in this world to say the basic calm truth. Um, I'm glad he, he felt the need to say it or was willing to. Next story I want to get into is Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy who has gotten very famous over the last couple of years, not just from his infomercials, but his vehement, I would say, loyal support to Donald Trump. Very loyal. Um, he freaked out in a deposition. I believe this is in some sort of Dominion lawsuit that he's tangled in. And this got released on Twitter and in the press of him freaking out in the deposition because they mentioned lumpy pillows. Um, I don't know if this is supposed to be funny or not, but I, I can't help but laugh. I'm sorry if this offends certain people, but I can't. I just laugh hysterically watching this. So let's take a watch together. Okay. And I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Uh, no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. Okay. That when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole Mike, is what you are. Mike, no, sorry. he's an asshole. No, he's an ambulance chasing asshole. That's what you are. Lumpy pillows, kiss my ass. Put that in your book. No, they, they answer anything, any problem customer that wants to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here and they go... Or they call about, um, maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of uh, um, the FedEx or whatever. But we'll cover them even though it could be somebody else's fault. Nobody called because of a lumpy pillow. But good, good one though. You done? Yeah, I'm done. What I'm saying Obviously is you don't have a my pillow too. You don't, do you? What I'm saying is, Mr. Lindell. Asshole. I oh, go ahead. No, I'm pissed. I understand. Yeah, go. When you're I mean, on one hand, you got to respect somebody that believes in his pillows that much. You know, Mike Lindell is loyal to the foil to Trump and his pillow. At the end of the day, we should redo that. What was that Will Smith movie? Like I Am Legend or something where it's just him and his dog or something. They're fighting the world. You just got Mike Lindell, Donald, like a doll of Donald Trump and his my pillow with a machine gun attached to it. I'm just saying, if Hollywood wants to grift off of conservatives and make some money, I just gave you a free plot. Mike Lindell, his pillow's a machine gun. He has a little Donald Trump bobblehead you know, on his shoulder, and the whole world is gone because climate change destroyed it, so you can get the left-wingers to watch it too. And then uh, you know, he's just there, and because nobody's alive but him and his my pillow, which comes to life at the end, turns into Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and uh, takes over the United States. I'm just throwing some stuff out. Listen, Hollywood's been boring recently. I'm trying to spice it up. Long story short, you know, you got to respect a man who likes his pillows that much. But here's what I would say, I guess, if anyone cares. Um, 
I'm not saying his pillows are lumpy. I have no idea. I've never bought one. I'm sure a lot of people like my pillow. Some people don't. Like I've heard both sides. Some people say I love my my pillow. Some people don't like it. And in one way, I do think that pillows. I'm doing like a deep dive analysis on pillows. This is hilarious. But I think pillows are kind of subjective. Some people sleep on their left side. Some people sleep on their right side. Some people sleep back backwards. Some people sleep on, on firm and soft. So it's hard to really say a pillow is good or not because a lot of it is subjective. It's what you like. It's what's comfortable to you. So of course, if you run a pillow company, uh, everybody's not going to like your pillow. With that being said, I have a hard time believing that no one's ever called because of a lumpy pillow. I'm not saying his pillows are lumpy. Mike Lindell, please don't yell at me. I don't want to be subjected to your to your freak out. But uh, I, I mean, it just feels like, you know, it feels like the the number of people calling for a lumpy pillow can't be zero. I'm sure it's happened before. I'm not saying they are lumpy, but he's acting like as if that's never happened to his customer service. Doubtful. Um, I don't know. It's just pretty funny. So I, I like that he defends his pillows that hard. And, you know, he defends Trump that hard, too. One thing that before I move on, you know, he's going pretty hard at DeSantis over the election because DeSantis actually won an election, unlike a lot of Republicans. And uh Mike Lindell is basically trying to suggest that he possibly cheated and he's going for the voter rolls in Miami-Dade. Here's the only thing that I'll say about that, and I'm not trying to be rude. If Ron DeSantis never ran against Donald Trump, Mike Lindell would not be doing that. He'd be saying the election was amazing and it's awesome. you know. But because DeSantis challenged Trump in the primary, now all of a sudden Mike Lindell's suggesting that he possibly cheated and he's basically trying to do a deep dive into Florida. It's just, you know, that type of consistency doesn't vibe with me personally. Like if you would have done that, if DeSantis didn't run against Trump, I can respect it. Like that's what you really care about. You're going at it. But this is kind of just how it feels to me in the Republican Party. And probably why we, we can't really get ahead ever is because, you know, one Republican actually wins an election, whether you like him or not. And Mike Lindell's going to act like he cheated. So it's, it's just hard for me to take Mike seriously. I'm sure his pillows are great. Um, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I, I just don't really take him seriously. I don't take his activism seriously. I don't take what he says seriously. Uh, when he said he was hundred percent sure at one point that Trump was going to be back in office, like he's, he's often misleading people. He's often in my view, exaggerating. Um, I'm not saying everything he says is wrong, but it's just, he's at that level of like Trump loyalty that it's like, I don't know. I, I believe if DeSantis never ran against Trump, Mike wouldn't be talking about the Florida election, but because he's challenging Trump all of a sudden, now there's something going on there and he's investigating. I don't know. He's a character. I'm sure his pillows are awesome. I want to watch it one more time just because it's so funny to me. I respect a man who stands by his pillows. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Um, no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. Okay, that when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole Mike, is what you are. Mike, no, sorry. he's an asshole. No, he's an ambulance chasing asshole. That's anyway, God bless the guy. You know, it's, it's not a guy I want to start a fight with or anything. I don't, you know, he seems like a nice guy. I'm sure we have a lot of mutual friends. We just disagree on certain things and that's okay. That's America. It's healthy in a republic slash fake democracy or whatever it's pretending to be before we get into the next story i just wanted to observe kamala harris and you know i'm not a big fashionista i don't like to judge what people are wearing because i'm not i wouldn't say what i wear is a lot of people judge me and they don't like my outfits but i don't know this outfit was hilarious to me kamala's on stage at some hip-hop thing pretending to be like outcast or something 
And I just, I was just laughing. Why? I was like, does she always dress like this? I don't really pay attention to Kamala Harris, but it was just funny to me. Hip hop now shapes nearly every aspect of America's popular culture. And it reflects the incredible diversity and ingenuity of the American people. Yes. It combines rhythms from the continent of Africa, from the Caribbean, from Latin America, with the sounds of soul and gospel and R&B and funk, to create something entirely new. And to be clear, hip hop culture is America's culture. Come on now. Come on now. I don't know. I I couldn't get over her little bell-bottom pants. They were cracking me up the whole time. Like I, <laughs> I'm just looking at it like, what? Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a funny intro. What do you guys think of her little bell-bottoms looking pink pink panther swag over there? I don't know. Not not my steez, but <laughs> the vice president and her little looking like looking like a reject from Coachella. That's okay though. Um I dress like an imbecile, so uh, who am I to judge? Anyway, next story is there was, according to how the media now defines it, an insurrection in Kevin McCarthy's office. Apparently, th this is some activism that most of my supporters probably know nothing about, but I guess left-wingers left are mad at Kevin McCarthy because he's not funding their AIDS medication or HIV medication or something. I mean, what? Am I allowed to say gross? Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. I get in trouble for everything I say now. It's like if I if I think something's gross, they're going to say I hate it, like gay people around the world or something like the homophobic. If you don't think that's awesome and amazing, it's like they're just like just all over like the chairs. Like, it's like what, what you want the government to pay for your HIV medication or something. So you're mad at Kevin McCarthy. How are we going to accomplish anything in this world if this is like this is the big scoop? You know, out of everything we're dealing with in this world, what you need the government, what the government to pay for your HIV meds or else you're going to like slop, slop, slop all over Kevin McCarthy's chair. I'm sure like 95 percent of like Democrats are looking at this like we got so much crap going on. This is the big scoop. This is this is the activism that you guys are doing, dude. I'm, I, I I like don't even like politics, and I hate to. I'm not trying to be like a hipster about it. Like I don't like politics, but I just talk about it every day. It's my job, but I'm too cool. I'm not trying to act like I'm too cool for it. It's just like what, like I don't know. I'm I'm like so out of touch with what's going on and what people are dealing. Like that's the thing. Not the price of everything. Not the fact that. We just got scammed for two years into like locking ourselves down and letting Big Pharma make billions of dollars. Now it's the HIV medication. Like, what you want Kevin McCarthy to pay for it or something? I don't. I don't get it. Like, you know, if I was Kevin McCarthy, I'd be like, dude, how much money you want? Get out of my office. And then you know, bring in the cleaning team, bring in the sanitation team. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Can I say I don't know? Is is that a funny joke or no? I, I can't tell anymore. Like at now. I'm at the point now, people used to not care about me, but now I'm at the point where now they write articles about me if I make a joke or say something accurate. It's just like, he said this. Like, 
Uh, oh, no, here, let me let me rephrase what I said. Wow, that's so cool. That's so awesome. That's, I mean, yeah. Woo! Rosa Parks, for sure. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but is that an insurrection? I don't think they got invited. I don't think they got through legally. I think they got arrested. Is that 22 years in jail? Is that is that a RICO case? Are they going to look at, you know, go through everybody's stuff and try to play six degrees of separation? Like, you know, they're, they're putting some pretty heavy charges on the January 6th people for doing similar stuff. Like some people, they literally went in the office of a, of a, of a representative. I don't think it's a smart thing to do, whether you're left wing or right wing. I don't think it's a smart move to make like anything you do on a fed in a federal building. When it comes to government, they can charge you more and they probably will try to, uh, it's just not smart. Um, but the double standards is what everybody's upset about is when a left winger does it, they throw a fit over Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, a lot of people were banging on the door. You know, the, the big thing they were saying, and I'm not saying it was right, but they're like, well, you know, they're trying to stop a government process with January 6th. So that's what made it a bigger charge. Okay. Under that logic, what were the Brett Kavanaugh people trying to do? What are these people trying to do? I'm not saying it's happening during uh, a congressional hearing or anything, but at the same time, they're trying to basically pressure using what I would consider, I don't know if they legally got there, probably a crime they're committing, trying to pressure a sitting congressman or the leader of the Republican uh, Congress or, or, or House to, to do what they want to do. I mean, they're trying to basically, bull instead of voting and, and, and talking and calling their representatives, they're trying to basically bully somebody into doing it with something that's illegal uh, unless they got there legally i think they didn't they got arrested so it, it's it's very similar you know i understand elections yeah whatever but the kavanaugh protesters supreme court's a huge deal i i can make an argument that it's even bigger in some ways than an election yes an election matters but so does the supreme court they decide rules that you know apparently the uh the president can't even get around so when Democrats and liberal activists do that, it doesn't seem like they're getting charged with four years, six years, 10 years, 22 years. And that's what a lot of conservatives and, uh, you know, principled leftists are, are, are upset about, that they are saying that January 6th is worse than 9-11, but which it's obviously not or it's not comparable at all. But these are the games that they play. The country's not fair. The double standards are obvious. And you know, if you look at every aspect of society, all you're going to find is double standards with race. There's double standards with religious. There's double standards with politics. There's double standards. Uh, it's not a fair country anymore. If it ever was, I don't know. It's not a fair world. And all we could do, I guess, is try to correct the wrongs and, and stand up for what's right. Um, it's all you really can do. And, and just be aware of the country you live in. It's not the country we grew up in. Um, it's still better than a lot of countries. Uh, just be smart with your moves because if you're a left-wing activist wanting Kevin McCarthy to pay for your AIDS stuff or HIV stuff, you know, I'm I'm sure that you won't get the same type of penalty you would if you were a right-wing activist doing the same thing in Nancy Pelosi's office. That's just my opinion and perspective. Let's see how it plays out and let's see what they're charged with. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be fair or equal, but who knows? Maybe I'll be surprised. And I'm not even saying I want these people to be charged with that much, but the January 6th, um, you know, I'm not saying that no one committed a crime and no one should be held accountable, but some of these charges seem jacked up. It's like you could commit some sort of serious offense in the normal world and probably get half of the time that some of the people got that weren't even at the Capitol. I mean, it's crazy stuff in my view. 
let me know what you think in the comments. I got one more story, then I'm going to read some questions and talk about my MMA interviews, my Candace interview, and just uh, respond to a few comments that I saw about that interview. So here's the sixth story. This is pretty crazy stuff, and I don't know if anybody caught this. I'm sure someone did, but I clipped it out. I put it on Twitter, and I tried to let people know. Apple is talking about reducing carbon or eliminating carbon from the atmosphere. Let's take a watch. I mean, I, I, I clipped it up short because I don't want to get a copyright strike, but here's what they said in this new Apple press conference slash commercial they had with Tim Cook, et cetera. Here it is. Our aim is to permanently remove carbon from the atmosphere. Our aim is to permanently remove carbon from the atmosphere. I was watching it and basically if you guys didn't see it, it was like they had this woman that was mother nature and she came in saying, how far are you going for your climate goals? And they kept saying, we're doing this, we're doing this. And, you know, mother nature is not satisfied and, they're, and, and Apple's like, no, no, you know, we're doing so much for the environment, for climate change, for carbon. And they said our aim is to permanently remove carbon from the atmosphere, not reduce it, not net neutral or whatever they're saying. They're, they're, they're acting like they want to remove it. I mean, I'm going to play it again because I don't want to take it out of context. Our aim is to permanently remove carbon from the atmosphere. Once again, I'm no scientist, but carbon dioxide, which has carbon in it, uh, is is plant food, and it's how plants survive. So if you permanent, if you removed carbon from the atmosphere, I think everything would die on this planet. But you know, I mean, who cares about little details like that? Am I right? I don't know what they meant. If like, I'm I'm not sure if they know what they mean, I don't know if they meant to say that or if they're going to say that I'm taking it out of context and it meant something else. But I watched the full thing and my take was exactly what they said. I, they could have said, we're trying to reduce carbon or we're trying to get to a certain level, but to permanently remove it from the atmosphere seems like an escalation that could be genocidal if they don't watch what they're doing. Um, it's very crazy stuff. And I, you know, there's always a cause and effect to everything. I want to say this before I kind of get to the comments. I consider myself, or I try to be, I'm not a perfect person and I, I fall short all the time, but I consider myself a real environmentalist. And what I mean by that is I don't think humans should pollute everything. I don't think they should pollute their environment. I think we should do our best to treat the earth good. And I think we should do our best to treat each other good. It's not a perfect world, but we could do better in a lot of ways. So cleaning the ocean, I think is important. Trying to keep it clean. Cleaning the streets is important. In LA, it's so disgusting. Every time it rains, all that trash and disgusting filth goes out into the ocean and it kills sea life and it just pollutes the ocean. It's gross. I'm against pollution, but the weird part is all the places that say they're going to clean your neighborhood in Nebraska are the ones that are the most disgusting neighborhoods in America. LA's disgusting. San Francisco's disgusting. They're polluting the, the, the crap out of the oceans, yet they're telling you that your farm in Iowa is the problem, not their disgusting, filthy, degenerate city. Uh, it's it's very bizarre, and I know that there's more people there, but they could clean LA. I mean, it's it's not that hard to clean. When I used to live in LA, true story, the two groups that would clean my neighborhood were Scientologists and uh, ex-felons. This lady would take a bunch of ex-felons around and clean the, um, you know, clean the streets. And I appreciated them. I was like, how do I give money to you guys? You know, I, I thank you for cleaning up my disgusting neighborhood. And then the Scientologists used to put a group together and clean up. And I'm like, hey, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I appreciate that you're cleaning my neighborhood. Actions speak louder than words. And the rest of the people just 
destroy it. And a lot of the left-wing activists don't even seem to care. I went to the Women's March in downtown LA and people are walking past tents with signs. It's like, it's just such a clown show. So, you know, I am an environmentalist, clean the ocean, clean the air, clean the water, find ways to make cleaner, you know, uh, I would say advancements in society, but everything comes at a cost. If you're digging for lithium mines, if your electric cars are getting powered by coal and oil, and that's how you get the electricity in the first place, it's not really clean energy. If, uh, you know, windmills are not really that sustainable and they kill a bunch of birds and they look ugly and they're, it, there's a cost to everything. And I'm not, sitting here saying I figured it all out, but they always try to act like, oh, what we did is so great. And, and it's just cleaning everything. It's like, then clean your damn city, clean the streets in your city. If you're so great, clean Los Angeles, make it into like a utopia. And then I'll listen to you. But if you can't even clean your streets, it rains, a bunch of trash goes out into the ocean. But Tim Cook's on, you know, like doing a politically correct, diverse ad saying he's going to eliminate carbon. It does seem very odd. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what they meant by that, but it seemed very uh, like a very bad idea to me. Let me know what you think in the comment section. All right. I'm going to bring up the chat. I'm going to read a few comments, hopefully not freak out at my audience like I do every time and have a have a meltdown. But uh, in general, I want to get into a few things before I get into the comments. I want to just kind of like go over my Candace interview. I was reading some of the comments and I don't, you know, I don't always read the comments, but on that interview, I saw a lot of people say, Anomaly, why'd you take, why'd you interview her on, on a documentary that you didn't fully see? Uh, you know, you didn't ask as tough as questions, et cetera. You know, Candace had hit me up or his, her team had hit me up and she, they said, you know, we want to come on the show. We have a new documentary. Do you want Candace to come on the show? And Candace is a good guest. I mean, it's always good to have her on the show. I do five, six shows a week. So why wouldn't I want her on? And they pretty much gave me the um, the option to talk about whatever I want. They never censored me. I'd already had Candace on the show in April. We talked about Thomas Massey. We talked about DeSantis. We talked about Trump. We talked about the vaccine, Big Pharma. I pretty much this year asked Candace everything that I, I asked her about. You know her 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 marriage and 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 theories that people had and stuff. Like I, I gave her. I wouldn't say a tough interview per se, but I asked all the questions people wanted to know and what I wanted to know. So I, I felt like I already did that this year. With this one, they gave me the right to say whatever I wanted. Like they didn't tell me what to talk about, but I'm doing a bunch of stuff. So I said, I'll make most of it about your uh, documentary. I don't care because I asked most of the questions I wanted to ask. And the truth is, I, I said at the beginning, I didn't watch the Netflix. It's called Making a Murderer. And that was the big Netflix show. And she's doing a counter to it called Convicting a Murderer. I didn't watch the Netflix show and I'm sorry, I'm not going to sit and binge watch an entire show just to do an interview. I don't care that much. No offense. It's like, I didn't want to watch the Netflix show. I watched as much as I could of hers. I don't think the whole documentary is fully available or if it was, I watched the first episode and I tried to construct pretty good questions that I could about the, the thing. Like I don't have a strong stance on it. I don't know the Stephen Avery situation. Like Candace knows a lot about it. A lot of people do. So what I tried to do is ask questions that people wanted to hear kind of counter it, but I don't have a strong stance on it. I'm not an investigative, like, uh, you know, I'm not working on the case. I'm not invest like, it's not something that I really, um, looked into that much. So I didn't pretend to, it is what it is. I think if people really care about it, they can watch her documentary. They could watch, uh, the old one. They can have their opinion. I mentioned on my show that a lot of people disagree with her. Like I was reading the comments on her own thing. Cause a lot of people think he was innocent. Um, I did what I could to ask, ask questions, but I'm not, 
it is what it is. Like it's not, it's definitely not going to be my hardest hitting interview ever. And I, I was pretty transparent about what I knew about it. And I tried to ask as good as questions as I possibly could without having the really, you know, I guess, uh, background of seeing the entire Netflix documentary. So I also was glad we talked about the big pharma stuff and we got into some of that. So that was cool. But it is what it is. I mean, if I, I would say this too, before I move on with certain things, like I'm very inspired to, to, to know a lot of stuff about with this one, it's not really in my wheelhouse. So I trust my audience to be keen to it. You know, if you watch the Netflix documentary and you watch Candace's, I trust you to come up with your own decision. I don't think people need my opinion or expertise on everything, you know, especially when it comes to like murder mysteries and stuff. That's its own genre of things that people like to decide for themselves. So I'm not I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to basically make a, an opinion on this one. You know, I'm, I don't think my opinion matters on everything. And when it comes to this, you know, think for yourself watch the interview, watch her thing, watch the Netflix thing, come to your own conclusions. It uh, I don't care. I don't care if you agree with her. I don't care if you disagree with her. Um, that's just kind of how I feel about it. When it comes to uh, some of my MMA interviews, I know a lot of people were, liked it and they're like, you should do more of those. Other people, they're like, why are you doing those? Make a new channel. Maybe eventually I'll make a new channel on it. But uh, for now, I do a lot of content. If you see an MMA interview, like I did one with Marvin Vittori, and you want to watch it, watch it. I've done one with Holly Holm. If you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't, don't. It is what it is. I'm not going to cry over people having a preference of certain things. It's the same, like not every video I do gets as many views. So if you like the MMA interviews and the UFC interviews, I do keep watching them. If you don't, feel free to just skip that video and watch the next one. So I don't really care, but I enjoy doing it. I mean, it's pretty cool that my favorite sport now, I'm able to connect with some of the athletes and give interviews about the sport and their politics. So it is what it is. I'm not, I, I guess I don't really take it personally if people like it or don't like it. Someone said, oh, come on, man. Think for me. Yeah, I'm not. It is what it is. Like with the, you know, Candace picks and choose, she picks and chooses certain things that she really cares about and goes in and does full documentaries and investigations. And that's cool. It's just that particular topic. I, I never saw the first one. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, this is my stance on this. Like, I would have to do a lot of research to really take a stance. What I try to do is give a good interview and ask questions and push back and counter to kind of, you know, see what her responses would be. And that's all I really could do, uh, you know, given my knowledge on that. Someone said MMA interviews are fun, different vibe, diverse. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I mean, it is what it is. Thank you. Someone said, I appreciate you discussing the tyrant governor. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big escalation of what it means to be constitutional versus emergency powers. I mean, it's it's a national conversation that I think is probably the most important thing I talked about. Did I interview the surfer dude, Kelly Slater? No. How is it chatting with him? He's awesome. Um, let's see. I appreciate you discussing that. I'm gonna read a few more. Left leaning stores pulled them. I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about guns or Someone said shilling for Daily Wire subscriptions. I'm not shilling for it. I'm just interviewing her. When it comes to Candace, I'll do the interview when I want to do it. But if if I trust my audience, if you are inspired to watch What is a Woman or Candace and you want to subscribe to watch it, do it. If you don't, don't. Nothing's forced. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, no one's forcing you to do it. So a lot of people will want to do that. That's her business. You know, of course, she has a, a, a deal where 
you know, she does stuff on YouTube and Facebook and other stuff they do behind the paywall, her and Matt Walsh and stuff. If you want to subscribe, if you don't, don't. It doesn't, you know, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think she really cares whether you want to or not. I'm sure a lot of people do. A lot of people don't. When it comes to uh, myself and my Patreon and all that stuff, my Facebook, a lot of people are like, hey, you got to do a behind the paywall thing for us. So I wanted to do something that was even better than I've done because I've been super busy and I haven't posted as much on there as I do. I appreciate my subscribers, but what I'm going to do, I'm just letting you guys know. If you watch my shows, you've seen Chad Jackson. He's in the documentaries, Uncle Tom and Uncle Tom 2. He's a great guest. He's very educated when it comes to the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King Jr. And he has some unpopular yet, I would say, extremely accurate opinions about that. You know, Chad always asks me good questions when he's on. And if you've ever watched my like Chad's always like kind of questioning me in, in an interesting way, like he asks good questions. So I've come to the conclusion that if I wanted someone to interview me behind the paywall, I feel like Chad would do a great job. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Chad as a guest in the next two weeks for the public. And then I'm going to let him conduct an interview with me. Like, you know, I'm always interviewing people. I'm going to let him ask whatever he wants. And we're going to do an interview and I'm going to put it behind the paywall on Patreon, Facebook as a thank you for that. Because I always put content behind there, but I've been a little slacking with it. And, and that is a very important thing for me. The people that subscribe on Facebook and Patreon, I mean, it's it's a decent chunk of, of my like revenue or whatever you'd call it. So I, I thought that that would be a cool piece to put behind the paywall, not something that's just rushed or like, hey, let me just do a secret podcast. We'll do a full interview where Chad gets to ask me whatever he wants. I, I don't know what it's going to be. And then we'll put that behind the paywall. So I think that that's a, a, a good uh, makeup for me not posting that much. And I think it'll be the best, probably the best piece of content I put behind there. Randy said, I like hearing what MMA people have to say. You're doing different interviews is excellent for your listeners too. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm thrilled that I have so many friends in mixed martial arts and it's, you know, they, they, they're not shy with their opinions. So I think the interviews are cool. And I do so much content. It's not like I do one video a week. I do a bunch. So if, if people want to watch it, they can. If not, it, it's all good. I, you know, feel free to skip over it. I, I won't take it personally, but I think a lot of people do like it. Someone said, I think a Thomas Massey interview would be interesting. He's mentioned he might come on the show. So I, I would love to interview Thomas Massey. That's probably one of the people I want to interview the most. And he's responded. He said that he's down, but he's, he's a busy guy. So let me see. To be honest, long story short, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Do you get what I'm saying? Are you mocking me? Is that what I say all the time? It's okay. If you have a Democrat as a secretary of state, it's most likely that you will not have a fair election. Um, I mean, I don't know. That could be true. I don't know what power they have over the election or what they're doing in every state, but I think Republicans need to start figuring out what to do instead of demoralizing their base, though, because at the end of the day, Republicans have won hundreds of elections over the last couple of years and they've lost some big elections. So I think Republicans need to try to fix elections as much as they can, but not talk about it too much. Uh, to me, the Republicans, th this is my critique of my own party. Republicans love saying things that they want to hear, but they're kind of out of touch with what most people care about. Like most people don't want to hear you talk about the elections forever, but Republicans do. So fix the damn election, do what you can, and then move on. If you can fix it, do it. If you can't, what's the point of talking about it all the time? Because you're going to lose a lot of people and you're going to you're going to inspire millions of your own supporters not to vote. And it's like, if you really don't believe in it, just stop talking about it, move on and don't vote. But 
you know, I, I, I think Republicans are doing like a controlled demolition on the party. They're talking to each other. They're not even thinking about reaching out to other people. They're, you know, and, and then they're inspiring millions of their own supporters into thinking it doesn't matter, which is just going to make a Democrat landslide in every state if they don't watch themselves. So, you know, I'm like talk versus action. Republicans talk about it, but they don't do much about it. You know, it, it's stupid. To me, I'm not just saying this. I think DeSantis did the right thing. He did something about it, but he didn't talk. He doesn't talk about it as much as Trump supporters and Trump people like Mike Lindell. But he did something about it. He wins an election by like 10 points. That's because the, the, the strategy is do it. Don't talk about it. If you talk about elections and you don't do anything, it's the worst of both worlds. You're not changing the structure of an election, yet you're demoralizing millions of your supporters from coming out and voting. And if that's the case, that you really don't believe it matters, then stop running for office. Stop raising a bunch of money. Some of the people that say they don't believe in it are the people that are raising the most money off of it. It's the same way that Democrats, in my opinion, they like tr certain tragedies because they can fundraise off it. Some of the most prominent Republicans are just in a permanent fundraising campaign off of losing. It's like they like losing because they make more money and they get more famous off it. They don't even need to win an election to just suck their base dry of money. So I'm not saying everything's fair. It's just like actions, not words. Do it. Don't talk about it. If you could do it, do it. If you can't, don't. But you can't talk about it and not do it. You got to just shut up then and just push the narrative that's going to bring more people on your side that's going to overcome a 10 or 20,000 ballot uh, deficit. That's my opinion. But I th I think Republicans like to lose or something. I don't know. They have like a fetish for losing. It's like a it's like a hangout now. It's like, let's just dress up and play and listen to Carrie Lake talk and lose and Mike Lindell. I don't know. I'm not knocking these people. I'm just saying I'm out of touch with whatever people are into nowadays. I'm not. I don't I don't get it. And I, I don't. I don't see where it's going except for failure, but maybe it'll work. Who knows? Actions speak louder than words, someone said. Absolutely. Let's see. I'm going to try to cut this under an hour, so I'll, I'll be here for like eight more minutes, and then we'll roll out. Let's see. Someone said, yes, why are so-called ecosystem warriors building up these destroyers, killing the bird population? Well, I don't think a lot of people are looking logically at at what's going on it's every this is something i talked recently with a friend about it's like there's always going to be someone to push it further and sometimes that's what people like like let me let me use an example with environmentalism yeah you should look at what's killing birds and killing animals and you should look at the lithium mines and the fact that a lot of this electricity is powered by coal and, and gas if not all of it and, and that's the full scope but the the thing is the full scope is not popular. Like it's, it's a sound bites and headlines and, you know, it's a TikTok economy. So like the truth is not necessarily going to be the most popular version of what people believe. The most extreme thing often gets and cuts through that narrative quicker. It's the same thing as Hawaii. For example, I've talked to a lot of people that know Hawaii. A lot of the theories around it don't really make sense. Like I do believe that there was incompetence. I do believe that there is malevolence. I don't think that everyone's innocent. I do believe certain theories. I'm not saying that everything's a conspiracy theory. Like I do think that there were a lot of things that they could have done better in the Hawaii fires. But the truth is like people will say, well, Oprah's house is right there. Did you even look at where her house is? Is her house right on that or is it an hour and a half away? I'm not saying that. She has no part in anything, but it's like, do you even care to do five minutes of research to figure out our blue houses really like, like, it's almost like when it comes to certain 
uh, things, it's easy for, I would assume that every community slash like disinformation agents, they can just pop into the truther community and just say something and everyone will believe it. Like it's easy to spread disinformation. It's like out of these 15 theories, four of them are true, but most people want the most extreme and crazy theory. So they'll Photoshop a car, say it's blue, only blue things didn't burn. And then you talk to people on the ground there and it's like, they're like, that's not true at all. Like I'm here, I'm fighting the fires that didn't happen. So you get what I'm saying? I, I think that the left just believes the climate change is doing everything and they don't think about anything. And then on the right, the right, it's like they have 20 different theories. How are we ever going to solve any mystery if you have 50 different theories at once and everybody thinks they're all true and like 80% of them aren't true, but 20% are? It, it, this is a perfect recipe for nothing ever to get solved. The left goes crazy, the right goes crazy. And it's like, you know, I'm not saying they don't have energy weapons. I'm sure they do. But for certain forest fires, you don't even need them. Like, it, you know, in order to start an arson, if it is arson, which a lot of this stuff is, or it's like a power line break or something, uh, you don't need a direct energy weapon to start a forest fire. Like forest fires have naturally started for hundreds of years and you don't need to shoot it with a laser in order to start a fire. You could, it could be a planned event. It could be malevolence. It could be the fact that they're not uh, logging and they're not fixing their forests and Democrats are responsible for it, but we're never going to hold them accountable for it because people just will be like, oh, they shot it from here and they can't prove it. So where's the theory going? That's that's just my opinion. It's like, I, I think that with all of this stuff, nothing ever gets done because the right is too easy to fool. Like if I wanted to, I could just cover my face, make a YouTube channel, say I'm a QAnon decoder and say that this happened. And like millions of people would believe it. Like it's that easy to trick the right. And it's that easy to trick conspiracy theorists. Like anybody could be a Q decoder and be like, oh, look at this. And the, and the, oh, blue roofs, blue ocean, ocean, ocean's 11. Who was in ocean's 11? Brad Pitt did it. Oh, Brad Pitt. Like you could say anything. And like 70% of the, the that community will be because they like to feel like they're doing something special. And I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying like, if you don't have logic and you're not trying to really weave through, you have to understand that there's going to be disinformation agents that can come in and be like, okay, here's the theory that Republicans have and it's true. Let's just sprinkle five other theories on top of that, that kind of just take them off the trail of the real one. And, and it's that easy. You know, it's that easy to do it. I think that the Democrats uh, are responsible for a lot of what happened. I think that they're hiring bad people. I don't think that they use the alarm system properly. I saw that certain cops did a bad job, like blocking roads. There's a lot of real stuff that you have to ask questions about, but nothing will get done about the real questions if people can make a theory to the side and nobody even does 10 minutes to like investigate if it's even true or not. Like all it takes is one picture of one roof or one car or one theory. And then everybody will be like, that's that's it. It's like, cause it's more, there's something about it that's more fun. It's more fun to, to like play a mystery game. You know, it's like, it's fun to like, put a magnifying glass over your eye and be like, oh, I'm special. I'm going to solve this code. Yeah, solve it. I'm all for it. Like people trying to get to the bottom of stuff. That's what the internet's for. But I don't know. Every time something happens, I just, I, I just think people get carried away and then nothing gets done. Someone said, dude, the cars melted, but trees didn't come on. You could believe what you want, bro. It's not, it's, it's not going to bother me. I'm just saying, you know, I, has anything got done about it? Does any, is anything going to change? Nothing's going to change because people can't hone in on what's true. 
it's the same thing as like lockdowns. I mean, I don't know when lockdowns were happening. I'm like, well, lockdowns are bad, but people are like, well, what if they were to save the Vatican or we're going to get a vaccine to save the world? Trump's saving us from an eight year lockdown. You don't understand anomaly. The Vatican. Oh, you're, you're so simple. He, he's arresting the Pope and Obama. You just can't see it. It's like once you make eight theories about one thing, nothing matters anymore. You're the opposition is neutralized. You can't actually fix anything. So you can believe what you want. I don't care. You know, it's not I'm, I, I haven't deeply looked into it enough to really care. And I'm not saying I don't care, but it's like I don't believe the blue roof thing. I don't think that. But if you want to, if that's the thing you're going to stick to, good luck. You're not going to ever talk about it in two months again. And it's going to go away like the Wayfair thing and no one's going to care and nothing's going to get done. But, you know, I don't I, I don't know where I, I don't know where people are going with it. But, you know. I don't care. I'm not stopping people from saying it. You could post whatever you want. You know, I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. It's just I've noticed that the reason nothing gets done in this country is because when something happens, the left says it's climate change. They don't think about anything. And then the right has 50 different theories at once and nothing ever changes because they can't hone in on it. And I'm not saying they don't have energy weapons, but in my personal opinion, when it comes to certain forest fires in California, I believe based on the evidence and you don't have to agree with me, I believe that there's multiple things at play in the California fires. First of all, they stopped logging years ago. They used to, there used to be barely any dead trees. Now there's millions, 10 million. So there's like tinderwood all over the place because they don't want to log for liberal environmental reasons. So they're not doing controlled burns anymore. They're not logging. They're not cleaning up the forest. It's like a matchbox out there. And then something happens, right? Also, you have tens of thousands, if not more homeless people all over the place. What do homeless people do in Los Angeles? They crap on the streets. They leave needles. They start fires. They do arson. They're, they're degenerate zombies. Not all of them. Some of them are great people that need help. But for the most part, it's like the walking dead out there. So if you have more crap on your street, if you have more tents, if you have more trash, do you not think you're not going to have more fires? So there's more arson. There's more issues. Left-wingers hire incompetent people. They don't. They do deals with the pharmaceutical industry. They do deals with the power industry like Edison, and they give them softball deals. They don't put a lot of their lines underground like a lot of states have. They have crappy infrastructure. So you combine all of these issues, right? You combine the fact that they're not logging, the fact that they have millions of just zombies running around that are just smoking crack and not doing anything, and nobody is, is accounting for them. The, the fact that the power company isn't, you know, advancing or adapting to modern technology that a lot of states are to, to make it safer. And then you combine all these problems and a fire starts. Now the fire is going to be 10 times as big. Now, oh my gosh, this is the biggest forest fire we've ever had. Well, have we ever had 40 million dead trees just sitting in the forest? You know, I've been to Yosemite. You could see all the dead trees. They don't log like they used to. So long story short, I do think that the Democrats are responsible for a lot of the issues. And I don't think it's just climate change like they're saying. But how are we ever going to fix that? And, and I understand the Hawaii one's slightly different, but how are we going to fix all these issues if people just say, oh, it's a direct energy weapon. It's got to be a laser. The laser started all the forest fire. You don't need a laser to start a forest fire. In Alaska, they do controlled burns every year. Why do they do controlled burns? Because if they don't do controlled burns, it's going to burn naturally. And the natural path of the burn is going to affect 
houses and it's going to burn out of control. So they try to strategically line the forest in a way that if a forest fire starts, it's not going to catch on to a bunch of houses. They do the same thing in Europe. They log, they, they have a strategy. It's not like forest fires have never happened. So now, and a lot of them are started, if not a majority of them are started by arson. It's not like it's so hot that it's a thousand degrees and the planet just lights the thing on fire. That's not what's happening. So what I'm trying to say, and I'm not saying that's everything, but I'm trying to logically look at everything and be like, there's 20 different things going wrong. It's almost impossible that forest fires are going to stop. And then when a forest fire happens, the left just says climate change. So they're not even going to investigate who started it. It could be an arson group. It could be a foreign country. Who knows? Uh, you know, but that what I just said gets lost in the sauce because it's like, well, there's blue cars, blue roofs. You know, some of those pictures, not all of them, but some of them were photoshopped. Some of them, the houses that they're trying to say were there weren't even near the area. Like people don't even do 10 minutes of research to be like, is what I'm posting even true? I should look into it before I post this thing. You got 20 different theories. So it's like, all right, well, now the left is neutralized, the right's neutralized, and nothing ever really gets solved, in my view, because of that reason. There's no, there's no middle ground. And it's like with the election, you know, if I sit here and say, I think that there's funny business in two states and three states, and I think this is how they're doing it, and I think this is how it's happening, and we need to fix it, and we need to bring attention to it you're going to get more eyes on that. But if someone comes along like Carrie Lake and she retweets someone that says, well, actually, you know, there's a there's a possibility that Republicans are winning all 50 states. Now nobody wants to listen to me. They're following Carrie Lake because she's escalating the situation being like, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more than you understand. And I'm not saying she said it, but she has retweeted somebody that has suggested that all 50 states are stolen. And now you're pushing this narrative that everybody agrees with you. Go to a liberal city. They don't like you. Go to a liberal state. They don't agree with you. They're there are states that vote Democrat and there are states that vote Republican. And then there's cheating and then there's funny business and then there's the manipulation of elections. And we need to talk about it, but we're never going to solve the problem if someone's always escalating the situation. Well, here's three theories about the Hawaii fire. Well, here's 30 theories about the Hawaii fire. Well, here's 300 theories about the Hawaii fire. And it's that easy to trick people nowadays. I'm not saying to, to believe everything I'm saying. I don't care. I'm just saying like, there are going to be people that are disinformation that's like, here, throw these five theories in the other five theories. So then, you know, truthers just get scrambled. And that's happening probably every time. Like all, it's too easy to trick truthers because they're not interested in the truth. They just want to escalate the situation and be the one that comes up first or the one that has the theory that gets a lot of clicks. You know, I, I remember from the lockdown, and I'm not going to name names because I like this person and I don't feel like starting any, there's no drama. It's just the reality. Uh, you know, I remember somebody that was getting millions of views trying to say that the lockdown was Trump's secret plan to arrest the Vatican. And that got millions of views. And I'm, and I'm not, I don't care. It's not coming out of jealousy. It's just coming out of accuracy concerns. You know, I'm sitting here going over the facts of the lockdown and going over the facts of liberty and going over what's going on and how both parties are in on it. And my videos are getting 30,000 views, but the escalation of, oh, no, don't, don't, don't listen to Anomaly, guys. Trump has a secret plan to arrest Obama in the Vatican and in Europe and lockdowns are good coming from libertarians and conservatives. It's getting millions of views. So it's like the truth doesn't get as many views as the lie because Republicans, conservatives, libertarians, truthers, not all, most, most get it, but it's like there's always going to be someone else out there that makes someone else look boring. It's like, oh, that's boring. It's boring to think that Trump's in on it. It's boring to think that Fauci, you know, tricked him. It's boring to think that. It's more fun to think that, you know, he's got a secret plan to arrest the Pope tomorrow. And it's like, well, it's not true, though. 
It's the same thing with the Hawaii thing. There's 30 different theories. They're not all true. And it doesn't, I'm not trying to tell people what to believe or not, but it's like most people don't even do five minutes of research. They just want to feel like they're Nancy Drew, you know, conducting their own secret mystery and they don't care about accuracy. And then when you point out that it's probably not true, they'll call you a shill and they'll call you a liar. But what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying every person that says Q stuff is like lying about everything. It's not true. But it's easy to trick Q people. Literally, all you have to do is like hide your face, start a YouTube channel and say whatever you want. And millions of people will believe you. It's that easy. You're too easy to trick. You're too easy to fool. You know what I'm saying? You, you just use a funny voice and be like, oh, you don't understand. The police in D.C. are there to arrest Nancy Pelosi. Just tell people what they want to hear, right? What do, what do Trump supporters want to hear? Nancy Pelosi's on her heels. They're about to impeach her and arrest her. Oh, it's not true, but it's like, oh, well, if I follow this person, he makes me feel like, uh, and, and then it like, he just walks you and it's like, it never happens. And they're just running you in circles. That is the disinformation. You know, it's like, I can't solve every mystery when it comes to Hawaii. I've talked to people that were there and they're like, yeah, the, the winds were extraordinarily high. You know, there was a fire. There is a lot of incompetence. There were a lot of mistakes, but we're never going to get to the bottom of it if the top four theories, three out of four of them are like provably false with a five minute search. Um, you know, so that's I guess that's what I've always kind of done, though, where the whole reason I started doing my channel is I wasn't really impressed with the competition. And even now it's like, you know, as everyone has an opinion, everyone has a voice. And I think that's great. But in many ways, it's like the the extreme the, the extreme example always gets more play than the moderate, reasonable thing. Uh, and it's a trap in my view. So someone said the military's in control, yada, yada. Yeah, the, the military, the millions of military members that had to leave because they because of the vaccine mandate. Yeah, they're 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 secretly saving the planet because you. it's like, sure, whatever. There's always going to be someone to tell you that. But someone said clearly not a forest fire. Well, Here's what I would say too, because I've spoke I spoke to someone that's very familiar with that area. I go to Big Island, okay? I've been to Big Island a bunch. I'm not the most well versed in Big Island, but I know Big Island pretty well. Uh, I don't know that island well, so any opinion I gave you about that island where the fire started is is secondhand knowledge, right? I've spoken to people who know that area like the back of their hand. And they're not saying what everyone else is saying. They're familiar with the fact that there are a lot of fires that are there. They're not usually that big or that widespread, but they were saying that there was like 70, 50 mile an hour winds or whatever. And there, it's like there were crazy things going on, um, you know, that people are not necessarily saying. So, you know, it, it's a it's a topic that I didn't go that hard into, because if I go into something, I'm going to try to be as accurate as possible. And if I can't be accurate, then I'm not going to just sit here and act like I'm so familiar with this island of Hawaii I've never even been to. I don't know the people there. I don't know the landscape. I don't know how dry it is. I don't know the history of fires. You know, it's like there's uh, I'm an honest person, so I'm not one to like hype people up and, and, and be half sure about what I'm saying. If I'm not completely sure, I'll tell you that. So, you know, from people that I was someone said it's likely arson. And here's a here's a way to blame Democrats for this issue, too, is. You have in Hawaii, uh, I've read reports that per capita, they have more homeless people than California. What do you think happens when you have this many homeless people? You're going to get more arson. You're going to get more trash. You're going to get more filth. There's going to be more pollution. Um, I think a lot of this stuff is arson. And, 
you can't get to the bottom of it when the left says climate change and the right says blue roofs. It's like, okay, now nothing matters. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be, people are going to give money. They're going to move on in three weeks and nothing's going to get solved. Do I think arsonists could be hired? Absolutely. And this is what I've been, this is an angle I've been saying that nobody really has mentioned that I have heard is that we are basically at war with other foreign countries right now. So if a foreign country knows that if a fire starts, that the media is just going to blame the climate, it's like an open invitation to foreign arsonists to commit crimes. I don't want that to happen. I Obviously, that's evil. I love this country, whether it's Canada, America, the fires going into New York. But do you get what I'm saying? Like our, our national security is at risk because anytime an arson fire starts in any sort of capacity, they're immediately just going to say it was climate change. It was climate change. That's dangerous. It's dangerous to not have both sides investigate what happened. So I absolutely do think that there could be arsonists for hire because it, it, it's a and, and people that keep saying direct energy weapons. I'm not saying they don't exist, but in order to start a fire, you don't need a direct energy weapon. Like you, you get what I'm saying? Like when people say, oh, it must be direct energy weapons in, in California. You don't need a direct energy weapon to start a forest fire. When you have 50 million dead trees or 40 million dead trees sitting there, and that's the most that's ever happened in California's recent history, a fire is going to be huge if it starts in a bad area, whether it's arson or not. You don't need a, you don't need like a space laser weapon to shoot from a freaking plane in order to start a forest, forest fire. They start all the time. When I was in Alaska, it was burning and I was just smelling smoke. And I said, what's going on? They said, it's a controlled burn. We burn it ourselves before fire season starts to, to like map out basically like a maze in the forest to, to make sure that we don't burn down our cities. They strategically burn their own stuff and log and get rid of stuff. In California, they don't log. You don't need a direct energy weapon to start a fire. I'm not saying they don't exist, but it's like when people escalate to the craziest thing possible, well, now I don't want to listen to Anomaly because someone said something bigger. It doesn't mean it's true. You can. I don't care. I'm not demanding your attention, but that's the world we live in. If I say in these two or three states, I believe that they're doing funny business and Carrie Lake retweets someone and says, well, all 50 states, maybe now my theory is boring. Oh, three states, Anomaly. We got she's saying all fit. We won all 50 states. That's delusional. You didn't win California. You didn't win Vermont. People don't like you. Like it's this crazy thing that people think that everyone agrees with them. It's so like it's so narcissistic in a way where it's like I'm not saying that there's no cheating. I think that there was, but everyone doesn't like me. Like I understand this. I wish they did, obviously, but you know, everyone doesn't agree with me on the left, on the right. I I I understand that. Imagine if I sat here and gaslighted you and said, everyone agrees with me. I won the election in every country. It's like, no, that's not like we're, why are we fighting an information battle is because everyone doesn't agree. And a lot of the youth doesn't agree. And a lot of elderly people don't agree. And a lot of women don't agree. And a lot of people don't agree. Some do, some don't. I mean, there's a real battle going on between culture, ideology, like to just sit there and be like, oh, we won all 50 states. It's basically telling your audience, just give me money and you don't have to do anything and you don't have to change anything and you don't have to get better because we're secretly so popular and we're the victims and everybody and, and we win all 50 states because it's like, bro, go to a liberal city. People don't agree with you. Some do. Maybe 30 percent do. 40 percent do. But 60 percent don't. The reality is like everyone isn't a Republican. Everyone does not agree with Donald Trump. Everyone doesn't agree with Kerry Lake. And that's okay. It's just like to tell people that though, oh, look at this, guys. Maybe we won all 50 states. 
we didn't. We definitely didn't win all 50 states. Like that's like a hallucinogenic, psychotic thing to tell people. So then they don't have to switch anything or improve anything. And you see that now where it's like you mentioned these sort of things. It's like, oh, we don't have to do anything. The election was taken. So we just have to keep doing what we're doing. And that's going to win it. But it's going to lose it. But we're going to lose. I mean, we're going to get cheated. But we think we can win. So we're going to vote for a guy that we don't think can win because we don't think it matters. But it matters because we don't want you to like DeSantis. But it doesn't matter because it's already pre-selected. So I'm going to talk about it for a year because it's pre-selected and it doesn't matter. So I really care what your why is, why does my opinion matter on Trump and DeSantis if it doesn't matter? Because it does matter because you know it matters because you're going to go vote for Trump. And that's great. It's just like, so let's admit that it matters. And then let's try to solve the issues while get more votes on our side. You know what I'm saying? Let's get more votes to the point where we can overcome a 5,000 person deficit or 10. If not, if we're just going to only talk to the people who agree with us, we're going to lose, you know, we're going to lose. And it's not going to be just one thing that we lost. So I don't know. Am I going to look into the Biden impeachment? Me personally, I'll probably cover it at a certain point because it's obviously newsworthy. But me as a citizen and a voter, I don't care about a Joe Biden impeachment. In fact, I think it's stupid because I think that Joe Biden is the best person that we could run against. Like, I wouldn't want Trump to run against Gavin Newsom. I wouldn't want DeSantis to run against Newsom. And I wouldn't want them to replace uh, Joe Biden at this point with someone else. I think Joe Biden is the weakest candidate that they could represent. So the fact that they wait three years until the election starts to try to impeach Joe Biden, if anything, it's probably only going to help, uh, you know, it's only going to help, I think, Democrats. And with that being said, I mean, they're doing an impeachment inquiry. They're not even impeaching him. They're looking into it. It's it's like, why don't you guys look into big pharma? Why don't you guys look into, you know, how you blew it in 2020? Why don't you guys figure out how to win an election and stop them from doing stuff? Like, I to me, I don't care about an impeachment of Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden sucks. I hope he loses the next election. I didn't want him to win the last election. The election's in a year. Like what, what is impeaching him going to do? I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to fundraise. They're going to make a fortune off it. Every time Marjorie Taylor Greene or one of these people says impeach Joe Biden, they get more fundraising. When Donald Trump gets arrested, he gets more fundraising. When his mugshot comes out, he makes millions of dollars off it. I'm not saying that it's planned. I'm just saying it's like a cash grab is what's an impeachment of Joe Biden going to do besides help him and give them a reason to replace him with someone who we'd probably have a harder time to beat. You know, I'm not a politician. If they want to impeach him, they can. If they think it matters, sure. That's just my opinion as a citizen. As like, I don't care about a Joe Biden impeachment. That means nothing to me. What matters to me is, is like winning the next election. I don't want four more years of Merrick Garland as attorney general. So can you guys win? Can you do something? Or are you guys just going to put on like a clown show for, you know, people who follow cat turd? I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just like, what am I wrong? I don't know. Is, do you guys care about the impeachment? I don't, it's like, what's that going to do? Um, someone said I would have preferred if they did it to Mallorca's and Garland. Well, smart people that I follow seem to say, that yeah if you're going to impeach somebody and it's going to matter it's probably going to be merrick garland that has more power and influence and potentially has overstepped more than biden but you know impeachment to me now it doesn't it doesn't have the same feeling that it had during uh clinton you know like oh he got impeached oh whoa you know how much money did you guys raise off that impeachment what changed is he going to get out of office i don't even want him to be replaced right now because i don't i don't want 
I don't want Gavin Newsom to run against Trump. I think Gavin Newsom would beat Trump by 10 points. And I don't think that should happen, but you know, I don't think Gavin Newsom's a good governor. It's just, I think Joe Biden is a weak candidate. I don't want them to replace him now. I think he's probably the easiest one to beat, but that's just my opinion. My opinion doesn't really matter. You know, whatever happens, happens. Let's read a few. Someone said Trump's credibility, only credibility comes from the media attacking him. It's all reverse psychology. The deep state wants Trump because he keeps Americans complacent. I mean, I, I definitely feel that way a lot of times. I hear you. Some people get mad at that. But, you know, there's there's people that are above Trump's pay grade. Listen to how Trump talks about Epstein. He doesn't want to talk about Epstein. He pushes the status quo narrative about Epstein. He says he doesn't want to get into it. Epstein's above Trump's pay grade. Banking's above Trump's pay grade. You know, a lot of this stuff is above Trump's pay grade. He's a character. He's interesting. Maybe he'll get stuff done. Maybe he won't. But yeah, I don't really think Trump is a massive threat to the establishment anymore. I did at a certain point. I don't now. I do think that he's a perfect character for them to divide and conquer. The left goes crazy. The right goes crazy. The left can't think straight. The right can't think straight. I don't see why they wouldn't want him besides the fact maybe the judges he puts in will be more constitutional. I'll vote for Trump over Biden, but I'm I'm past the point of like, I, I see it the way you're kind of talking where it's like, I don't, I don't think that the top people really care who wins. You know, I used to think this way years ago and I just did a full circle. I thought things were different. And then I just came back to where I was when I was like 21. I'm like, they don't care. You know, there's, there's certain people above the president, like Biden's not that important. Like he's important in the sense of he got there, but is Biden running the show? Is Biden making the decisions? And this is my personal opinion. I know a lot of people will disagree. A lot of people say, oh, Obama's making the decisions. Obama is another puppet. I don't think Obama has that much power. Like o Obama couldn't even do half the things he wanted to do because he doesn't have the power to do that. He's like a low level guy, although he's the president. You know, he, I don't think he has that much power. So to me, I, I'm just I'm not trying to be uh, what's it called a contrarian, but like when I listen to most Republican influencers and most like Republican podcasts, I just can't possibly disagree more. They're like, oh, Obama's running Biden's thing. It's like, I don't think Obama has that much power. I think the same people that were running the show under Obama are running the show under Biden and it's way above their pay grade. And when it comes to Trump, there's people above his pay grade. I mean, he's done a great job pretending like he's just like this mastermind genius who's simultaneously oblivious, like, oh, I hired all the wrong people and sold vaccines for three years, like Bill Gates. I, who, I don't know why I did that. I'm just so smart, yet I'm the dumbest person on the planet. Like, he's put on this show where people are like convinced that he like hates Chris Christie, even though he tried to hire Chris Christie. And, you know, oh my gosh, he called Chris Christie fat. He did that in 2015 too. He did that in 2016 and then he tried to hire Chris Christie and then he hired his FBI director because Chris Christie told him to. Like at this point, I feel like it's an emotional IQ test. It's like, you know, if you can't see through it at this point, then you are, you're just a spectator. You're a fan, you know, and, you, and you're going to get whatever you get. Like that's the country. So I feel like it's so obvious at this point that I don't even want to argue with people anymore because I don't care. Like, you're going to fight over Trump and DeSantis for a year. Trump supporters are going to fight with DeSantis supporters. They're both very similar. Yeah, there's slight differences in them, but it's like you're going to fight over that for a year and then it's going to be Trump versus Biden. I'm, I don't know. It's like I don't even want to argue about it because it's just not even worth my time anymore. 
Someone said Trump couldn't even fire Fauci. Well, it's this is the, an angle because a lot of people say that he doesn't have the power to fire Fauci. But there's a there's a position above Fauci. It's called HHS. Fauci is NIAID. Above NIAID is National Institute of Health. Above National Institute of Health is HHS that controls all of those agencies. And Trump put a pharmacy lobbyist slash executive there to run it. Trump hired the swamp purposely. He doesn't care about you. But when I say that, people say, who paid you to say that? Who paid me to tell you the truth that Trump, two layers above Fauci, put a pharmacy executive and lobbyist to run for, for it, you know, to run our government? That's what happened. It's like, this is why I don't think Trump's a threat anymore is because before Donald Trump came in office, everybody knew on the left that lobbying money controlled politics. Now, when you talk about it, they don't want to talk about it because they just hate Donald Trump. So now they're like big pharma shills and they don't even realize it, even though big pharma is the biggest lobbyist in Washington. Before Trump got in office, they're trying to take the money out of Washington. Now they're controlled by the number one lobbyist in Washington, which is the pharmaceutical industry. Once Trump got in office, when I if I were to say both parties are sold out to big pharma, people go, yeah, Anomaly, you're awesome. Both parties are sold out. And I go, also, Trump is sold out to big pharma. And they go, no, who paid you to say that? Who paid you to say that? Who paid me to say that Trump took a million dollars from Pfizer and put a pharmaceutical lobbyist two branches above Fauci? No one paid me to say it. It's the truth. Who paid Trump? The pharmaceutical industry. Who pays Republicans? The pharmaceutical industry. Who pays McConnell? The pharmaceutical industry. Who pays Joe Biden? The pharmaceutical industry. It's the pharmaceutical industry paying both sides and controlling like most, uh, you know, commercials now because they're just cashing out on crazy overreach that they've uh, created through lobbying both sides of government. But now that I say that, Republicans can't even handle it. It's like you have to baby most Republicans. You got to treat them like they're four years old. You have to be like, it's the Uniparty. And people are like, yeah. And then I'm like, and Trump. Ah, ah, it's like, you got to like, I, I'd have an easier time talking to a six-year-old saying Santa Claus isn't real than telling a bunch of people that like Trump that he's, you know, a better option, but it's not like going to solve all your problems. It's like, it's crazy. So I don't even talk about it that much anymore. Cause I don't, I'm not trying to like watch a 50 year old guy crap their pants because you know, Santa Claus isn't real. Like it's, it's embarrassing. I mean, the right in many ways is as embarrassing as the left in different ways. And it's like, you know, when it comes to media, also the right wing media will be quicker to smear me than left wing media. And they're both working together. Uh, it's like the same thing. So it's like, I, my, interpretation is not the way that other people interpret it. And, you know, it's just like, it is what it is, but it's like, I got to like dumb down my entire content or else like half my audience will just like crap their pants. It's like, you know, I can't say that. What's, why would I want somebody in office that you can't even tell the truth about? Like, like maybe you guys need someone who is sold out so you can get back to the reality that both parties are sold out. As long as you have a guy that's there giving you this false hope, it's just wasting your time. You know what I'm saying? They're just wearing you down, wasting your time to the point where then when you try to do something, it's too late. Like that's even during the lockdown. If Hillary was in office, everybody would have been against it from day one. If Mitt Romney was in office, everybody would have been against it from day one. You would have had more Republican governors say no. Only Trump could have got people complacent with lockdowns for weeks and months. And now they're making excuses. The biggest thing that people uh, comment is saying Trump rushed the vaccine to save us from lockdowns. Now they've brainwashed you into thinking you need an mRNA vaccine to be free. 
before two years ago, you were free because you were free. Now that Donald Trump's in office and he's working with the pharmaceutical industry, now you brainwashed yourself into thinking that you need a mRNA vaccine in exchange for your freedom. They won. The left won. Like they've tricked you into thinking that your freedom is negotiable and you could be held for ransom over an mRNA shot. You don't actually believe that. You only say you believe it because Donald Trump did it. If Hillary did it, you'd agree with me. If Mitt Romney did it, you'd agree with me. But when Trump does it, now all of a sudden you have to hallucinate some theory because the truth, which is he just didn't do what he, you thought he would do, is too scary for you to admit. So now you have to make up some psychotic theory that somehow rushing the vaccine save you from a five-year lockdown, which isn't even true because if you look at Democrat states, you now are pretty much just parroting the left in the pharmaceutical industry. It's like they told you, oh, if you get a vaccine, you could be free. They gave you the vaccine. And then two weeks later, most Democrats took your freedom away. They told you you had to wear a mask anyway. So, so many people are like, I got the vaccine. Now I'm free. And then like three weeks later, they're in a mask and they're like, oh, damn it. That was, that, that was the head fake. That was the here, go get this product for us. And then you can get your freedom back. And they didn't even give you your freedom back. So it's like, you get what I'm saying? Trump is not a threat because people can't handle him. It's not his fault. It's not necessarily his leadership. It's just people have lost their minds over Donald Trump. I don't even blame him. It's not his fault. You're a grown man. You're a grown woman. Why does the left hate him so much that they crap their pants every time he comes on CNN? Why does the right like him so much that they cream their pants in the front every time he goes on Newsmax and says something about vaccines saving 100 million lives? It's like, it, it, I, the guy made the, both sides lose their mind completely to the point where like you have traditional conservatives being like, you don't understand anomaly when he rushed the, when he, he had to hire the pharmaceutical industry and rush vaccines for them in order to save the planet. It's like, yeah. And Jar Jar Binks is a real alien and he lives in your basement. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. No, you're totally sane. Yeah. You're totally, you're totally crushing the left. What do you, yeah, we're crushing the left. Right. It's like, and then I walk away and it's like, all right, well, that's, I guess our side's toast now. Someone said my stepmom made my dad get an extra booster just so they could skip waiting time for traveling. I mean, that's what they did in order to sell the shot is they tried to take away your liberty and, and, and give it back in some ways and false give it back if you complied. I mean, that's why it's crazy that that's a theory that Republicans are pushing now just because they like Trump because it's the same. It's like the same thing that the left is doing. It's like, oh, yeah, you get freedom when you get this thing. It's like, well, how free are you really if you can only get it by injecting yourself with a, with a pharmaceutical shot. Like that's, that's a line we need to draw and say, no, you can't do that. That's not right. But why would people draw a line when it's like, Oh, anomaly, he's going to arrest the Pope tomorrow. Cause Lynn Wood shared conservativebeaver.com on his telegram channel. And it's like, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Obama's shivering in his boots. He he's for sure. Any day now, Guantanamo Bay. To oh, totally dude. I mean, that's where they all are, right? They're all they're all sitting in Guantanamo Bay. It's like you're creaming your pants to the thought of like Chrissy Teigen and John Legend playing piano in Guantanamo Bay because you don't like them. You're like, oh, Trump's going to arrest all my... It's like, dude, it's you're hallucinating harder than people who watch anime. Like people who watch anime, they're like, dude, I'm crushing dragons. And it's like, kind of, but it's also a show, but that's cool. You know, like people have cosplayed with Republican politics. They're like cosplaying because they don't want to admit what's happening. It's like, oh, dude, tr Trump's crushing all my enemies behind the scenes. When he gives power to Big Pharma, he's he's exposing them. He's ex 
Dude, they've been exposed for 80 years and both parties are working for them. Fauci isn't brand new. He was under the spotlight during the AIDS crisis. Trump didn't expose Fauci. Trump let Fauci walk all over the country and him. It's not an expose, but it's like if Hillary did that with Fauci, oh, she's working with Fauci. She's corrupt. If Mitt Romney did it, oh, he's corrupt. If Trump does it, I can't process the fact that he's not going to wipe my poopy butt, so I have to make up dumb boy dumb dumb theories in order to pretend he's my hero. It's like you're halluc you're psychotic. You're, you're it's like talking to a left winger who thinks that Ruth Bader Ginsburg like reappeared from the grave in a Nikola Tesla time machine to give them abortions. It's like it's the same level of psychosis. It's like yeah, no, for sure. And then you walk away and you're like, yo, these people are nuts. Like. You know, it wasn't always this way. It wasn't before 2020. People didn't act this way. Maybe the lockdown messed their brain up. Maybe they couldn't process like, you know, like when a bunch of trauma happens, sometimes you lie to yourself in order to make it better. I don't know what happened, but it's not it's not the same movement it was in 2019. In 2019, it's like, oh, we're doing everything and, and, and getting it done. And then in 2020, it's like we're, we're not getting it done because it's a secret theory that you can't see. It's like, and that's just what you tell yourself when it's not happening. Very weird. Do I support anyone? Yeah, there's politicians that I like a little more, but what you know, I, I don't know how to explain it and how many times because it, it gets a little boring for me and everybody. Like these, it's like it's like a pharmaceutical salesman coming to your door and saying, Hey, you can get a vaccine for $3.99, and hey, we're gonna sell you these pills. And I come up behind you and I go, Hey. Just to let you know, that guy's a door-to-door -door pharmaceutical salesman. He's not your uncle. He's not your best friend. He's going to try to be buddy-buddy with you to sell you on a product that you probably don't necessarily need. And, and you say, oh, thank you. That's who that is. That's a salesman. This is politics. I don't know who brainwashed you into thinking that these are your uncles at a barbecue. So it's like, it's you get what I'm saying? If Trump takes a million dollars from Pfizer and hires a pharmaceutical CEO, and Joe Biden takes more money from Big Pharma and hires pharmaceutical people... That's what's happening. Both sides are scamming you. Only Donald Trump has tricked people into thinking that it's totally different now because he did it. Who do you support? Why are you telling me this? Wah, wah, wah. I'm a big baby. I'm crying. I'm pooping my pants. No one's going to save me. Oh, no. My life's ruined. I'm a fan. I'm a sports ball fan. My team is going to be. It's like people have like mental breakdowns every time I say this because their whole illusion shattered because God forbid they can't just crap their pants and watch Fox News and like cheer on Ted Cruz. They feel like they just like, oh, well, then who am I going to dude? Be your own man. Be your own hero. Save yourself. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the living vicariously through politicians is like an evolution of, of Americans because they're just so weak and pathetic that they can't actually face reality. So they have to like hallucinate some fake plot in order to make themselves feel better like this is a weak trait it's a it's weakness you know we we can't do this forever it's gonna it's gonna boil over it already has boiled over it's not gonna fix it like trump's not gonna fix the cities he was in office he didn't fix any city they still did riots they still destroyed the cities it's not necessarily his job he's not the mayor i'm just saying like you, you can only cosplay with Republicans for so long. Your, your reality is going to be shattered eventually because this isn't a Pokemon episode. This is America. There's a lot on the line. Like cosplaying over politicians is not going to help you. So who do I, I like Thomas Massey. Uh, he's my favorite politician out of everybody. There's a few people that are okay, but if 95% if of politics sells out, 
I don't know what to tell you. Like that's the, that's how it works. If you can't figure it out, it's never going to change. It's like if, if, if NFL players are paid big money and they get fined for saying no homo, or they get fined for having a political opinion against big pharma. And I sit here and I say, Hey guys, just to let you know in the NFL, they get fined if they speak certain things. So most of them don't say it because that's the structure of the organization. And you freak out at me and you're like, well, who's going to say it then? Who's going to say it? Who's going to say it? And it's like, that's not how it works. I, I wish they could all speak freely, but that's not the NFL. And this isn't politics. So it's like, you got to understand the game that's being played or else you're just going to constantly be like shocked and confused all the time because nothing you think is going to happen is going to happen. You know, so I, I can't, I don't know any other way to, to, to put it to people without repeating myself every time. It's like, I, what do you want me to tell you to, to, to cream your pants and go to a TPUSA thing and, 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 and crap your pants listening to Ted Cruz and clap like a seal. Sure, dude. Like, yeah, wear a red hat and go clap for Ted Cruz. But like, I, you know, I don't like, what, what do you want me to tell you? I'm, I'm sorry that certain industries have swallowed up both sides of politics. Do you want me to lie to you? Yeah. Oh, Ron DeSantis is going to save you. Oh yeah. He's totally not controlled by anybody. Oh yeah. I mean, Trump is your hero, right? I mean, he's your big, he's Bowser in your world, right? He's going to go, he's going to go save your world. Like it's, what do you want to hear? I don't, I don't know. It's not what's happening, but if people want to believe that, I guess you could lie to yourself to make yourself feel better. I don't, you know, it's so weird. I don't I like I, I, I don't understand it, but I do understand it. I guess it's like people don't want to face reality. So they just like lie to themselves because it's it's easier to f fake lie than it. And that I guess that's what the left does, too. Um, let me see. I think my Republican congressman is Israel first. He never answers my emails. Well, chat, I have to say I condemn that statement from you. Uh, that is just textbook Elon Musk style anti-Semitism. What's wrong with you? Apologize for even saying that. That's, you know, to prove that it's not true, you'll be condemned from a thousand different angles. Um, let me read a few. 91 minutes. Yeah, I lasted too long. That's what she said. Uh, Steven said, I have more respect for someone that stick to their beliefs and not sticking to what's popular. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I. I do analysis. I, I don't know what people want me to say. Like if, if Donald Trump says 15 days to slow the spread, right? And then he says, I'm extending the lockdown orders. And I say, that's not good. And people, who do you like then? If that's not good, who, who do I turn to? It's like, I don't, I'm not, I don't care what you do. I don't give a shit. If you go to a Ted Cruz rally with your, you know, with a sign coming out of your boxer brief saying Ted Cruz is, you know, is my hero. He's the best looking guy in the world. He makes Brad Pitt look like a gremlin. I don't care what you do, but like I, my job is, is what it is. Like my job is not to say Trump has a secret plan. Buy my Trump merch. Like that's not my job. Apparently that's other people's job, but I don't know what type of job that is. Professional grifter, professional con artist, you know, that sells merchandise. I don't know. Like my job is to be like, based on the analysis of what I've done, unfortunately, Donald Trump is either wrong or made a mistake or is screwing up. And, you know, it's a bipartisan lockdown. Everybody's in on it except for Thomas Massey. Shit, I wish it wasn't true. I wish there was someone that was like, you know, Christy Noem did a decent job. Uh, you know, other people snapped out of it earlier, like Governor Kemp. But I wish it wasn't that way. But that's just what's happening. I don't. What do you want me to tell you? It's not happening. 
oh guys, that that's why these that's why these theories are so popular. It's like, no, anomalies, the he's a bad guy. Listen to my channel. I'll tell you that Donald Trump's gonna arrest the Pope. He's got a secret plan. The military's in Europe because they're gonna arrest the Pope and he die. Good. And people are like, oh, I want to watch that because it makes me feel special inside. It's like it's not true though. Well, I don't want the truth. The truth scares me. I'd rather just watch a cartoon and lie to myself. It's like, okay. So then why watch my channel? There's a bunch of liars out there. I don't know what, like, I wish that it was a 50-50 split and like Republicans got it and Democrats didn't. But the truth is there's certain industries and there's certain groups that are above politicians and even Trump and DeSantis fall short and they're never going to fix it because they don't have to fix it because their base acts like a bunch of children sports fans. They don't have to change because you guys don't care. So that that's the game that's going on. They're never going to fix it until you snap out of it and stop acting like a four-year-old. But I want to act like a four-year-old. Okay, then you're going to get a, a country that's run by four-year-olds and 80-year-olds. That Like, stop acting like you're surprised by it. I, I don't, that's my analysis. I don't know how many times are people going to ask me what I like, what do you want me to tell you? That the, the, the right's fighting the left and they're, they're so close to just crushing the beating up your enemies or something. Like, I don't know, like. It's so weird. It's like there's people that'll get more views than me in some ways because they're they're like, no, guys, you don't understand. The January sixes aren't getting arrested. Pelosi's getting arrested. Nancy Pelosi's at the Vatican. She's crumbling. Oh my gosh, John McCain's eye patch. He's in Guantanamo. He's not dead. He got arrested. We're winning. We're crushing the deep state. Guys, you don't understand. John Legend's not, he's not playing the piano at the Grammys. That's not the Grammys. That's Guantanamo. All those celebrities are in jail. We're winning. And it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, January Sixers aren't going to jail, guys. It's all your enemies, dude. Chrissy Teigen's playing the fiddle in, uh, you know, in a jail in Europe. Totally, dude. I mean, that's totally what's happening. Like, you know, these people are getting like millions of views because people are like, yeah, this makes me feel good. We're winning. It's like, not only is that not true, but you're going to lose because you're lying. Like, you're going to lose. Like, I'm not saying we can't win. We absolutely can win. But we're not going to win if you guys keep getting controlled up off a cliff every two steps. Like it's the solution is super simple. And there's so much on our side. I'm going to be optimistic now. There's so much. There's so much momentum going in our way. We just have to ride it. But we can't ride it because everybody likes the most extreme theory or the most extreme person. And it's like they're chasing the energy away from our movement, which is growing because the crazier the left goes, the more people, the more people are like, all right, they're pretty crazy. But then they see some of these ding ding dongs on our side and they're like, well, they're pretty freaking crazy too. And it's like, and then people are like, ah, I'll go back to the middle. I don't want to, I don't like politics anymore. Like, you know, they're getting chased away by both sides to the point where like, if we didn't act so nuts and, and weird all the time, you know, we could, we could get 50 million new people on our side. Like they're, they're, a lot of people don't like what the governor of New Mexico is doing. A lot of people don't like what the media is doing. A lot of people don't like celebrities. Like, so, you know, celebrities aren't even popular anymore. Like there's a few ones that are like celebs that everyone cares about. But like Hollywood's on strike. They're about to be unemployed. What a stupid time to go on strike. All these low level actors like, I, you know, because some of them, some of it is from like the Actors Guild and like the higher level people. But for the most part, it's lower level actors wanting to get paid more and they're going on strike. 
have you guys ever thought that you might be unemployed forever? Like you're picking a crazy time. If you're in, oh, I want $25 an hour instead of $20 an hour. Dude, you could get $0 an hour. Like people could watch some 15-year-old playing video games in his basement on Twitch and he, and that's more entertaining than you guys are. Like, you know, you, as much as I complain about stuff, I understand that also people can easily move on from my show and watch something else. So it's like, why would all these lower level actors pick right now to go on strike? It's like, to me, it seems a little entitled and I'm not trying to overstate that, but it's like, you know, I, I know a lot of lower level actors like, well, we deserve to get paid more on set. They're, they're doing all this stuff to us. Like, it could be zero. You know what I'm saying? Your, your, your income could be zero. People don't need to watch this stuff. There's so much competition online. There's podcasts, there's YouTube, there's TikTok. People don't need to watch you. In fact, they're watching you less and less. So, you know, I, I understand unions and I understand why people want to get paid, but as a self-made entrepreneur, like the idea that someone could come in my company and be like, I deserve this. It's like, I don't even need you, you know? So I understand where they're coming from, but they're about to phase themselves out completely because people are already starting to forget that they're not doing stuff because there's so much, there's too much content now. You know what I'm saying? There's too much content. There's too many opinions. There's too much entertainment. It's not like, oh, we don't know. There's only seven channels. It's boring. There's too much shit. People would forget about me if I didn't do a stream in four months. They'd they'd ignore, they'd move on for me just as fast as you. I know that. So I don't know. I don't even know why I was going on that on that thing. But anyway... God bless you guys. God bless your family. God bless America. God bless the world. On brand, I stayed way longer than I thought I would, but someone said, who wants to watch kids playing video games? Uh, I mean, if you like playing video games, there's something about it that's interesting. Like I listen to MMA podcasts because I like watching it. There's a niche market for everything. So yeah, I understand it's kind of weird watching people play video games, but when I did play video games, I, I kind of quit because it was too much time, too much I would say too time consuming. Uh, I watched people play video games, you know, and it was like, I enjoyed it. So I, I get it. Like everyone has a weird niche hobby that they like. Um, I get gaming, although it's not my thing anymore. Long story short, uh, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here. And for those behind the Patreon paywall and the Facebook paywall, I'm going to do an interview with Chad Jackson, let him ask me anything and provide a high quality exclusive interview behind the paywall because i do appreciate everyone there and i hope I, i'm sorry i know this probably isn't a good excuse and this is one of my goals real quick for the next year just to let you guys know a lot of this stuff that happened with me i never really planned and because i kind of manage myself i do all my own stuff it's quite overwhelming like a lot of people have teams of lawyers teams of management bookers i'm doing all this stuff myself and you guys see all the interviews and opportunities i'm getting I'm overwhelmed to the point where I'm like exhausted, but next year and, and in the, and in, in the leading up to next year, I'm going to try to be more organized so I can, can, so I can really do stuff. But I hope that people understand behind Patreon and stuff. I know it's not a great excuse, but it's just the truth. Like I'm in over my head with the amount of stuff that I'm doing per like, you know, compared to people at my size, like no one's doing as much as I'm doing by themselves. So I got to figure out a different way to do it, whether it's organization or like partnering with the right people, because I'm just like fried. But I, I do want to provide a high quality piece of content. Chad Jackson is going to interview me behind Patreon, and I think it'll be the best piece that I've done. Thank you, guys. I, I also want to build up my store. I have a lot of things that I do want to do. So it's just like I'm, 
I'm like trying to figure out how to organize everything, but that's my goal for next year. Better organization because even though if I don't work with anybody and I just work by myself, there's always a better way to do it. It's not like I do it perfectly. I've made a lot of mistakes, especially with like, you know, keeping up and, and trying to structure my schedule and stuff. There's, there's definitely better ways I could do it even if I work alone. So that's my goal for the next year and the leading months is organize my stuff better, structure it better and provide more, more stuff to people in my shop, provide better stuff to people behind the paywall um, and, and partner with the right people, do the right interviews. Cause I have a lot of opportunities coming. I just like, I need to structure it better. That's one thing in high school. I, I won most unorganized. I'll just let you guys know. I'm very creative and I'm very, uh, I'm very like outside the box, but I'm not very organized. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sloppy and I'm not dirty. You know, I, like I clean my house and I try to keep it nice, but when it comes to like organization, I don't have the type of brain that's like, Oh, put it all here. I have the type of brain. I'm like, let me do 15 creative things. So I'm not, I'm not very organized when everything builds and grows. I have always two options to make. It's like, okay, do I, uh, do I do it this way and just get this stuff done and like file it all properly? Or do I do it this way and do five times as much content, but do it at random times. And I'm, I'm just like a random person, you know, if I wasn't that way, I don't think I would have made the content I've made and continued it, but that's not really an excuse at a certain point. I do have to structure things better. Cause that's like, it's always been my thing. I've always been highly creative. Um, you know, but very unorganized and very sporadic. And that's not, as you get older and as you do business and stuff, it's not the best way to do it. There's, there's better ways. So I'm working on it. Um, but at the end of the day, whenever I have any choice to do this, this, and this, my instinct always goes to making content. You know, it's like, even if it's not like I could make five times as much money if I look for more sponsors and did less content, but I'm always like, I want to give the people what they want. I want to, I have fun doing my videos. I, I like doing what I do. I like uh, covering stuff. So when I have 10 things to do, I always default to just doing work. You know, it's like at the end of the day, here's at least I'm working, at least I'm putting it out there. And I think that's why I've been so consistent, but appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And if you disagree with anything in the comments, it's all good. I don't really care. Um, I trust people, whether I do an interview with someone or whether I have my own opinions, I, I hope that people are intaking information and just considering what I'm saying. Cause at the end of the day, I do trust people to make their own decisions and some things, especially when it comes to voting, I think it's subjective. I mean, you know, I have my opinions, but if people make sense and they vote for someone else based off of their analysis, like, you know, voting is subjective. Like, what do you want? What are your top three priorities? Why do you think that'll work? Do you think that you want to vote for DeSantis because you think he'll beat Biden more? Or you think he's better at this? Or you think Trump's better at foreign policy? Or maybe you really care about big pharma and you like RFK? Like, as much as I do have my opinion about what I want and what I like, I actually don't really care at this point in my life if people disagree because I, I do think that some things are just straight fact and fiction. But other things are subjective, you know, when it comes to what's best for you or what you perceive is best for you. Uh, it's it's okay to, to disagree with some things I say. I don't really care. All right. God bless you guys. Dreamer podcast. Thanks for hanging out. Hopefully you enjoy it. And I'll be back with a lot more content soon. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, 
Stay blessed, long sleeve, God is great, long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. DreamRare.com, check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash Rare Talk for $5 a month. You can help support me, support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the DreamRare.com shop and Patreon.com slash Rare Talk. So thank you guys for keeping this show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week. It's annoying. So I don't do it. Stayintouchwithme.com. It helps me take back some power away from big tech. Telegram t.me slash dreamrarechat or at dreamrarechat. Due to censorship, I post all my live stream and videos there. Sometimes I have some bonus content and I try to give people a heads up when Facebook or YouTube won't. Dreamrarechat at Telegram. My Instagram is at dreamrare. Thanks for everybody following there for shorter content. And dreamrarelinks.com. That's dreamrarelinks.com. Has all my stuff. My podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, my music on Spotify and Apple, my Rumble page, my BitChute and Gab page. All my links are found at dreamrarelinks.com. Thanks for watching, folks. God bless you. You already know I'll be back with more content soon. Appreciate you.